from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Friday, January 4th, 2008, day 61 of the Rider Strike. In today's episode, I visit the only targeted picketing location for the first week of January, which is NBC Studios in Burbank. It was there that I met up with one of the newest members of the Writers Guild of America, 22-year-old Savannah Dooley, to discuss social networking and the future of television. Now, Savannah has an impressive pedigree, and she represents the second generation of an entertainment industry family. Her father is Paul Dooley, who, in addition to appearing in such movies as Popeye and Breaking Away, has also appeared in a number of television shows, including My So-Called Life, Dream On, Grace Under Fire, Curb Your Enthusiasm, ALF, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Her mother is writer Winnie Holman, who is best known as the creator of the television series My So-Called Life. It's worth noting that My So-Called Life was produced by Edward Zwick and Marshall Herskovitz, whose latest enterprise, Quarter Life, a contemporary coming-of-age webisode series featured on MySpace, was recently sold to NBC and will broadcast on the network in the spring. What is most significant about Quarter Life is that unlike most television properties today, the producers retain full creative control and ownership. In the podcast Art Film Talk, host David Thames interviews Marshall Herskovitz about Quarter Life, and what we're about to hear is a clip from that interview. You know, one way to look at the impasse of the current writer's strike um, is it you know the whole issue is about the internet and new media, but but I think that sort of both the you know the networks and the writers are sort of they're kind of thinking about new media but in an old media kind of framework. Yes. And um, do you have any comments on that issue? I agree with you. I think that the underlying assumption in these talks is that these six big companies will dominate the internet the way they dominate television and the whole point of the internet is that no one can dominate it and you know we in the creative community should be talking about how we can seize the means of production and distribution on the internet because we can and i wish more of my uh, colleagues were striking out on their own and becoming producers and creators of content that it, that that belongs to them instead of to a big company so, you know, um, listen, I'm a loyal member of the Writers Guild, and, and I certainly support the, their attempts to get whatever benefits they can for all of our members. But nevertheless, you know, we should be thinking more independently than, than we are as a, as a creative community. That was Marshall Herskovitz, one of the producers of Quarter Life, as interviewed by David Thames in the podcast Art Film Talk. For more information and to hear the entire episode, go to artfilmtalk.com. Okay, that's it for now, so let's roll sound with Savannah Dooley. Hi, I'm Savannah Dooley. I've been a Guild member since about a week before the strike began, and I'm 22. So I'm here right now with some friends just striking away because I got a call from my captain saying you should come here. It's ultra important for the next couple of days. Shit. So you've been in the guild only, what, a week before you got, like, 
Oh, man. Can you yeah, talk about it was that? like I got my little folder with the stuff, and then we were on strike. <laughs> How did you feel about that? You know, it was like a joy tempered with slight disappointment. Like, I didn't really have a chance to be that disappointed since I was still, like, reveling in the fact that I got to join at all. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, no one knew at that point how long the strike would go. No one was really making predictions. They said it could be as long as the one in 88, which was, how long was that? Do you know how long that one was? Five months. So this is, yeah, this is still kind of starting out. (laughs) So how'd you get into the guild in the first place? I got my first job. I basically had some connections through my mother, who's also a screenwriter, a a TV writer. She's, uh, she wrote the show My So-Called Life. So a friend of hers had read a spec sample of mine and he was putting together a teenage show for the end. I wrote an episode for it. It never aired, but I still got my little credit. And, uh, then I, I signed on to write this movie for ABC Family, which I was in the middle of that when the strike ended. The strike the started. The strike started, it's okay. sorry. Um, not used to being like in front of a microphone. Nobody is. Everybody hates the way they sound. Writers are so shy that it's really weird to be like striking with them because they don't want to like chant or make noise or be like conspicuous in any way. At least I don't, and I have noticed other people don't. But um, then I also got a chance to develop this pilot for uh, for CBS based on a, a sample that they had read of mine. That's cool. Well, congratulations. I'm sorry it's got off to such a lame start, but hopefully, you know, after this is all over, it'll be all worth it. What's your take on that? I'm really sort of just waiting it out to. I have like I have to have like faith that it'll my jobs will like still be there for me when I get back. Yeah. You know, if they're not, then I'll move on to something else. You know, I really respect the reasons that we're striking, and I wouldn't want to, like, live in a guild where we don't get the money and the respect that we deserve. Yeah. So. Okay, so you're two months into the strike. Where's your resolve? Um, well, I joined an email team, which, which sort of uh, where I can work from home because I'm on the internet constantly. Yeah, <laughs> so now I can just disseminate information when I get it. I just send it out to everyone on my email list, and I also I try to find blogs that, like, will that will post information about it. okay. I'm just trying to inform people that I know, especially, like... Your network, right? Yeah, especially, like, my Facebook network, like, younger people who all are creative, who all really respect writers, but don't necessarily know the facts, so I'm trying to spread some of the facts that way, just to my friends, to my friends' friends. Okay. And, of course, I'm picketing. I usually picket over at the WB, because I can walk there, and I can walk here, too. Okay. Um, talk about uh, Facebook or MySpace or any of those social networks and how you're uh, you're working them. Well, it's interesting because I noticed there's like there's like ten even more giant Facebook groups just dedicated to supporting the writers, but people are all really confused as to how exactly we should support the writers. Okay. Like, they're like, should we not buy DVDs? Actually, we should buy DVDs because the four cents is better than nothing, and <laughs> so. So, what do you so I wrote to I wrote to like some someone at the guild saying like what should I tell these people like is there like a fact sheet and they were like here join this email list so you can, so we're gonna send you information and basically what it is is little calls to action okay like they'll send me an email with a little call to action like Johnson and Johnson is thinking of pulling advertising for oh, this wow. is that right it's this is like a sample okay. I'm not okay. sure if that actually happened but okay. let's an like, example okay. So if you call up, so let's say that happens, you call up Johnson Johnson, say this little, like, statement that they put it right in there, so you can just read it if you're, like, really shy, which I know I am. Okay. And so they get, like, this influx of calls, and it may influence their decision. How long have you been on Facebook? 
Like five, four years, like since it started. Okay. Yeah, like since I went to college. Um, they're saying it's going to be the social network for next year. It's going to surpass MySpace. What do you think about content that's going to be shown on the network? Wow. Um, I think it's only going to be. Well, I think in the future, the internet will be entirely like television will be entirely like consumed by the internet, and all our television will be through the internet. It's yeah. already yeah. basically taking place. Facebook right now is just like people can upload their own personal videos, so it's all independent. But I can see it in the future definitely getting kind of network eyes. Like yeah. NBC has a little Facebook feed, something like that. Yeah. I can see that happening in the very near future, maybe in the next year or so. The other thing which you, which you mentioned about my versus Facebook. I read this really interesting article, I can't remember who it was written by, but it's about uh, how the differences between MySpace and Facebook are really like class differences. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, class and race, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because Facebook was designed like first and foremost for like kids who were in college. It was seen as like upwardly mobile, like a place to be, yeah, educated, higher class. And, you know, even just the layout is like kind of this clean like pottery barn sort of look. And uh, whereas MySpace is like, became seen as like the place you were going to get sexually predatorized. And urban. Predator eyes. I'm a writer, by the way, yeah. I know how to speak English. Uh, and, and yeah, I definitely think Facebook is the next wave. I think that MySpace is going out, and because, you know, because it, you know, it's sad, but people want to be upwardly mobile. People want to move up a class or, or try to fit in with a higher class than they are. But I think there's a definitely a huge divide but, yeah. I mean, there are a lot. There's yeah. huge groups of people um, who, you know, really eschew Facebook just because they don't like the aesthetic. They prefer the whole aesthetic of MySpace. And yeah, well, I feel people of color are going to be marginalized by this, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Tell me about some of the groups that are on Facebook. You said there are like five. There's like more than five, and some of them have huge, huge memberships. Okay. And like, there's people. These are people who like really care about the cause, or at least enough to click on, a, on something to join it to their profile, but don't necessarily know what action to take with that. So if I feel like if we could harness that power, that would be really good. But it's really hard to get people to physically demonstrate. I mean, demonstrating on Facebook is easy. Actually, there's a there's a Facebook demonstration going on this weekend oh, where wow. what you do is you change your, your, your icon, your avatar picture, uh-huh. to a picture of like a strike sign. And you friend like you you all we all friend like a certain like network executive. Oh. Like yeah. Right. And I'm not sure who it is this time. Last I heard they were voting on on what show to do. Right on. But um look up like Facebook right like like look up like a the writer strike like petition on Facebook. It's in one of the many groups. I'm sorry, I don't okay. know the name of it okay. right now, but uh it's uh, yeah. That's a really easy way to show support that from your home with just a click. Okay, good. And um, <laughs> let me go back to MySpace for one second. You know about Quarter Life? I do. I um, my mom was once worked with or worked twice actually with a uh, with twice, three times. <laughs> She's worked a lot, several times with Marshall uh, Herskovitz and Edswick. Okay. And so actually, I got a chance to see Quarter Life before uh, before it really aired. What do you think of it? I think they aren't really putting a lot into the website, and I think the reason is that they sold it to NBC. Uh-huh, yeah. There was they had this whole plan to have it whole be a whole networking site, and I feel like it could have maybe taken off, but I don't think they're they're putting a lot into it since they sold it to NBC. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I can I guess I can understand that because what's really the point if now it's going to be on TV? 
What do you think of the show? Have you seen it at all? You know, I... I can't imagine why Marshall or Ed would be listening to this, but I'm not a huge, I'm not a fan of it. I think it doesn't ring true to me, uh-huh. being like 22 myself. Yeah. It just feel there's something off about it, and also I know that their one of their intentions was probably to always. They probably thought like in the future sometime they would might be able to sell it, so they didn't you know they didn't do some stuff like they didn't swear they didn't. There's, like, stuff they didn't do yeah. that, like, they didn't do anything that you can't, like, do on TV. They sanitized really. it, yeah. And that's just not how, how I would have done it, but, yeah. of course. If you're targeting an internet uh, crowd, yeah. Yeah, and I actually have a lot of feelings about this. It's really, on TV, you're, whatever's on is on. You can pick the least of many evils. <laughs> you can just pick, like, the least lame-looking show. But on the internet... Like, there's a million, million things to watch, and many of them kind of feel more genuine than Quarter Life does, and I'm not sure what about it feels a little, uh, a little... Authentic. Inauthentic, but, uh, there's just a lot of other things from, like, unknown writers, from, from people with not necessarily budget, but Mm -hmm. with a lot of great ideas Mm -hmm. who are making all of our own independent stuff, and... I think that's really amazing and that's what people and you know that's just what people are tempted to okay. click on what are you uh, streaming or downloading right now Ooh, um all i watch is project runway right now okay. i can't stop watching it and i never <laughs> want to and it's just my favorite show on earth um and i do continue i do watch quarter life especially because they they had the main character come out as bisexual and and i i'm gay so i like that and so I will, if they give me like a drop of anything gay, I'll watch it for like the rest of my life. So. <laughs> have you ever thought of creating internet content that speaks to you? I have a tiny bit. I mean, I've thought about it a lot and I've, I created a little short film, which I put up online. Ooh, where can we find it? Uh, you know, it got taken down and I feel really bad. I haven't gotten around to putting it back up, but some someday it'll be back up and I, I plan to take the internet by storm okay. one of these days as soon as I, you know, get off my couch. But uh, I would really actually like to do a whole, you know, internet TV show. That's really in my plans and I'm completely serious about that. Now you said you're 22. I want to um, focus just for one second about how people of your generation are really embracing the internet and and using it as their form of media. Yeah. What can you say to people who are over 40? <laughs> well, there's two there's two kinds of people who are over the 40. The kind who actually know how to use the internet and the kind who don't. <laughs> Just learn. It's really it's a really useful tool. I mean, my my father is like about to turn 80 and he doesn't even know how to like type on a computer and it hasn't hindered his life that much actually. But uh, if you know, if you have any desire to learn, if you can try to get into it a little bit, it's a wonderful way to get content out there. I mean, it's it's just putting co- creative content back in the hands of the creators, which is incredible. And that's exactly what this strike is about. I mean, we were visited the other day on uh, the WB picket line over there mm-hmm. by I forget his Patrick, the head of the oh, Patrick Verone. He Patrick was here Verone. Yesterday? He was he wasn't yes it wasn't yesterday, it was like a few weeks ago, but he visited there and he was advising us to, you know, feel free to make some web content, especially about the strike to get to raise awareness. Um, so I'm gonna do a little bit of that. That's completely the future. So if it is the future, 
the media moguls really have no control of it. Why would you even be striking against them? Why don't you just go out on the internet and just do it for yourself? Because right now there's no money in it. There's no money at all, and you don't you there's it's hard to reach a wide audience because not you know how are people going to know to click on your one thing it's one drop in a million things online and and again the just the money thing people need money to live <laughs> copy that i copy that um any parting shots anything you want to say as we wrap this up uh try to do anything you can to help with the strike even if you're just a fan fans are completely welcome at the picket lines sometimes you meet really cool writers writers of stuff that you love that you didn't know they wrote it it's really fun and uh, jo- you know, join a Facebook group, start an online petition, email a company. These things are all subscribe really to easy. my blog and podcast. <laughs> yeah, these things are all really easy. They're minimal effort, and just and you know, forward emails saying boycott Sony products, write to this, write to you know Viacom. That's really the best thing you can do, and with the most minimal uh, commitment. <laughs> Great! Thanks so much for your time. I really Thank appreciate you it for interviewing me. That was fun. <laughs> That was writer Savannah Dooley at the picket lines in front of NBC Studios. Before we close out today's show, I just want to weigh in on some of Savannah's comments about Facebook and MySpace. Last summer, Dana Boyd, a researcher at the School of Information at Berkeley and a fellow at the Harvard Berkman Center for Internet and Society, wrote an article in which she said, quote, The goody two-shoes, jocks, athletes, or other good kids are now going to Facebook. These kids tend to come from families who emphasize education and going to college. They are part of what we'd call hegemonic society. They are primarily white, but not exclusively. They are in honors classes, looking forward to the prom, and live in a world dictated by after-school activities, unquote. Boyd goes on to say, quote, MySpace is still home for Latino, Hispanic teens, immigrant teens, burnouts, alternative kids, art fags, punks, emos, goths, gangstas, queer kids, and other kids who didn't play into the dominant high school popularity paradigm. These are kids whose parents didn't go to college and who are expected to get a job when they finish high school. These are the teens who plan to go into the military immediately after school. Teens who are really into music or in a band are also in MySpace. MySpace has most of the kids who are socially ostracized at school because they are geeks, freaks, or queers, unquote. Finally, at the end of the article, Boyd writes, quote, The division around MySpace and Facebook is just another way in which technology is mirroring societal values, unquote. Now, if Boyd's vision holds true, then to me, this is a sad misuse of the Internet in fueling a participatory democracy. In my personal experiences, interactions, and participation on the World Wide Web, such things as prejudice, class, color, race, or sex can contaminate the free exchange of ideas. The Internet is a vast and powerful tool, and it is the preferred medium of communication, information, and entertainment for the youth of today. It's worth noting that it has been predicted that Facebook would overtake MySpace and grow to 200 million members by the end of 2008.
You have been listening to the Writer Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com. 